0: want to start when to go to Texas with Attorney General Ken Paxton? Ken, uh, very disturbing. You and I have talked over the weekend. There's an article up, I think, on Town Hall, uh, an incredible piece. It's kind of mind-blowing. When we think of these radical um, DAs that we have in, in New York City and in L.A. that are put in, in Chicago, these DAs that are put in by Soros, we think of Defund the police and, and and not enforcing the law, and and, and a nurse, a 70 year old nurse, African American nurse, gets uh, beaten to death at a uh, at a bus stop in L.A. Um, an Asian American woman gets pushed in front of a uh, a train in New York City. Uh, a young woman, I, I think, in graduate school at U.C.L.A., working at a, a, a over in Melrose in a um, a furniture store. Uh, gets a butcher, gets cut knife to death in the store uh, in broad daylight. Uh, and it's because these DAs are on this way. Soros wants to sow anarchy in our country. You have these massive uh, uh, metropolitan areas with Soros-backed DAs, and you've got them at other places, too, in St. Louis. It's just it's an endemic problem across the country. But y- you've actually brought to our attention something more shocking, and we need the War Room Posse totally focused on this. Uh, as Ken walks us through it, this is really a source back plan to get involved in the elections and to make sure that the Democrats – remember, the only way Democrats can win is steal. And when I say steal, the only way they can do it is to make sure that they have tons of non-citizen or illegal, uh, non-chain-of-custody votes. If they get that, they win, or technically, quote-unquote, win. If they don't get that, they lose, and they understand it. that's why they're so freaked out about this – this uh, audience volunteering to become election officials, like in the Commonwealth of Virginia. But what's shocking is Ken Paxson, th- this is how smart these folks are. And they keep telling you, that's why we study The Guardian, that's why we have MSNBC. But it doesn't help us to just look at right-wing media or conservative media or Fox or everything like that. What You have to understand what the enemy's doing. And this is insidious, what's going on in Texas, and quite frankly, shocking about how, and we're going to have to figure out how to stop it. Ken Paxson, Attorney General of Texas, will you walk us through it, sir? Yeah,
1: this is like a backdoor way of doing exactly what Joe Biden is trying to do with H.R. 1. Uh, December 15th, two days after the filing deadline for anybody to run against anybody on the Court of Appeals, they came out and struck down a statute from 1951 that tells the attorney general to prosecute voter fraud. Well, why why is that decision such a problem? That decision is such a problem because these other counties like Travis, which is which is uh, Austin, Bayer, which is San Antonio, houston they have very liberal da's who have been funded by george soros so they're not going to prosecute voter fraud and that that is the only alternative so we'll have all of these counties where everybody will know hey there's no downside to cheating there's no downside to illegals voting as they come across the border we won't be able to stop it there's no no i can't do anything about it nobody else could and these local da's who are who are funded by soros We'll just let it happen maybe maybe even encourage it so this is a republican court that did this eight to one and we have asked for a motion to rehear this case because we need this court to overturn it because they are they are like the supreme court for criminal matters there's nowhere else to appeal it
0: okay hold a slow down some people don't understand the structure because when i first heard about this over the weekend i was kind of shocked that that didn't all naturally report up to the attorney general tell us describe what the court of appeals is in texas why it's so powerful and why these DAs, why this source back group could do it with a Republican controlled court. It's eight to one Republican. So, this is people are not going to they're not going to comprehend any of this. So, walk us through it.
1: Yeah, so in Texas, we I think we're one of two states that has, has a bifurcated court system. We have a criminal side and a civil side. The Texas Supreme Court handles all appeals on civil matters. The criminal matter go to the Texas Criminal Court Appeals. And unfortunately, most Texans, even most lawyers, don't pay attention to who's elected to that criminal court of appeals. However, the district attorneys do, and they the district attorneys in Texas have tremendous power. They have original jurisdiction in every case, every criminal case, except voter fraud. And one of the challenges that we have had is if they decide not to prosecute, which a lot of them have decided not to prosecute, shoplifting and other crimes, then nothing can be done. And fortunately, the legislature in 1960 nice, nice, the ability for the attorney general, pursuant to the Constitution, to do this. And the criminal court of appeals came along and said, nope, the DAs are in charge of this. We're going to strike down that law. We're going we're to ignore this provision of the Constitution. We're going to overrule our own precedent. We're going to overrule the precedent of the Supreme Court. And the result is, by this November, if we don't get this changed, I think it's very likely we, we lose. We could lose five members of the Texas Supreme Court who are up. We could lose my position. We could lose governor. It's just a matter of whether it's this time, the next time, or the next time, we're done in Texas, if anybody can vote.
0: Anybody can vote. Okay, so how did this—okay, But the, okay. so explain to me on an 8-to-1 court of Republicans how this passed. Came
1: as a complete surprise to me, to my staff. We just thought this was a joke. I mean, we didn't think this was—you know, had any chance. We had any chance of losing we have like 38,000 cases going. This was just one of them. And then they hit us with this. And the timing is clearly planned. Uh, filing deadline in Texas, you're going to run for public office, including these judges. There's there's nine of them. And there's, they have six-year terms. And every two years, you have three up. Well, the three that were up decided when filing opened November 13th, they didn't make their ruling. This case has been going on a long time. They, did, they waited to make their ruling until the deadline was closed on December 13th, and conveniently, two days later, they rule, and, and shocking that it's Republicans. But here's the deal. The district attorneys are the ones that focus on these positions. They're the ones that, that fund these, that give, and I'm very concerned that they may have slipped some bias without us really knowing what these people believe.
0: Still, but, how do the ju- but how do the judges, uh, 8 to 1 Republican, how do they not understand that this opens up the ability for source back DAs not to prosecute voter fraud in the biggest, you know, Harris County, you got Houston, you've got Dallas, you have San Antonio, you have Austin, right? How, how, did, how, how did that get by them, how important this was? That's what I'm, I'm still confused about. So
1: that's the, the, the thing that's surprising. I don't think they're surprised by it. I think this was planned. I think this has been they've been working on this for, for, for probably a decade to get the DAs in the right place and then to get the right people on the Criminal Court of Appeals. This was no accident. The fact that it was timed exactly after their filing deadline, they've had this case for a long time, and then it was time to give them really full control of the next election, uh, this is not an accident. This, this was planned. These Republican— Judges didn't, for the most part, I don't think, accidentally made the wrong decision. Now, there may have been a few that got sucked into this by others on the court, but this was not some accident.
0: Okay, we're gotta get we going to get the photos and, and, and who these judges are. We're going to go into this in detail. Given where we are, given what Texas law is, what are Ken Paxson and Governor Greg Abbott going to do about it?
1: So we filed a motion to rehear, giving the court—because we have nowhere to appeal since this is the highest court on this issue. So we have filed a motion to rehear. We've laid out our case. We've asked them to hear our case again. They can literally summarily deny it. We're getting amicus briefs from grassroots leaders, from political leaders. I, I truly believe the governor's going to uh, write an amicus brief. Their, uh, the state senate's going to write an amicus brief.
0: Uh, we're going to have a, tru- whoa, 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 whoa. You truly believe the governor is going to write an ambassador's brief? Does he not realize that this is general quarters, how important this is? I mean, he's running for reelection and he aspires to be president of these United States. Does he not, and well, Texas is a linchpin of any, Florida and Texas are the foundational elements of a MAGA. Does Governor Abbott not realize how important this is?
1: I think he does, and I, I'm I'm I've been told he's working on an amicus brief. So hopefully that is the case because we need it as quickly as we can get it, along with these other amicus briefs that, that are being uh, worked on right now. But here's the is motion
0: to it, appeal. It, is, hold on, is mo- is motion to appeal it? The Texas legislature can't step in here. The governor of Texas can't step in here. This is an overwhelmingly Republican state. It's an overwhelmingly MAGA state. Are you t- is there any other alternative besides a motion to appeal to looks like a rigged, already a rigged deal with these judges? It,
1: it, it is a motion to rehear. We have no appeal since this is the highest court. And what they did that was so genius is they said it was unconstitutional. So presumably to fix this, we'd have to go back, call a special session of the legislature, and get a constitutional amendment passed which requires two-thirds of both houses and a vote of the people, which won't happen because the Democrats that. won't vote for
0: Okay, so so so, given that you've got a motion to rehear, uh, other than that, what is it?
1: So if they if they fail on that, we're going to have to have a special session of the legislature before the next election. And I think pass both civil and criminal statutes, giving me the authority, giving the authority to individuals to go sue with large penalties, anything related to voter fraud. And second, I'd have the legislature repass another criminal statute, maybe more, more um, um, strong they even have and make the criminal court appeals come back and strike it down again and and because it would take several years to go through that process and at least we could keep that in place through the next election there's one guy named scott walker who's up for re-election hopefully defeat him this up uh, he's the only one that got an opponent defeat him and then every three years you know target the court of criminal appeals to take those people out that voted the wrong way
0: okay you're going to keep us updated on this? What what can people do? Where do people go right now? The, the, I can tell you the posse's already quite, uh, how do I say, heated on this one. So where do they go?
1: Well, here's the deal. This is the most important case I've ever dealt with, maybe in my lifetime, even more than all this, uh, this uh, Obama-Biden stuff. Uh, I would tell them to contact the Court of Criminal Appeals, write them, email them, call them, let them know that people are paying attention. Because I think what they thought was going to happen was no one was going to notice, and they were going to slip it by. So let's at least force them to know the world knows what they're doing. Okay. And if they are successful, obviously we're, we're, we're in trouble. The state's in trouble. The country's in trouble.
0: Okay. We'll, we'll set things right here. Uh, Attorney General Paxson, how do people follow you on, uh, on social media? By the way, for the posse, we're going to get all the information up there about these folks so that you know who they are. We're going to make them all famous, and they have to understand they're going to be made famous. Very famous on a Paxson global indeed. scale.
1: That is awesome. That's exactly what they, they need to be known because nobody knows who they are. And Kevin Yuri was the only dissenting judge. I have a lot of respect for that guy for standing up and, and doing the right thing to follow me. It's Ken And then on Instagram, uh, Twitter and Facebook, it's at Ken TX.
0: Okay. Uh, Attorney General Paxson, thank you very much for joining us here in the war room.
1: Hey, thank you. I really appreciate it.
0: Yes, sir. Um, for the audience, and the reason people come here and they want to break these type of stories is because of the um, because of the activist nature, and your engagement, and that's what's got the left obviously freaked out. Uh, but here, here, here's the takeaway: they can only do things in the dead of night. They can only do th- they shipping folks up from the from El Paso into into Scranton, uh, pa- you know, trying to pass bills. Uh, this, you know, in the dark of night, this is how they run. When you put the spotlight on them. They start running around like cockroaches. And we're going to put the spotlight on exactly... We're not going to allow Texas to be in play in 22 or 24. Impossible. Good try, Soros. Good try, Mark Elias. Your sneaky, sneaky ways are exposed every day in the war room. Peter Navarro made the massive call. Economy's bottoms blowing out of it right now. Peter Navarro here to tell us why. Next.